everyone. This is the Sleepy Time Podcast. <laughs> We're both sitting on the sofa this time um, because our usual studio is being uh, sleeped in at the moment. Um, but my name is Jonathan Matos. And this is Melissa Matos. And this is really the Unboxing Story Podcast. Um, and today we're going to talk about heist movies because of, um, I was going to call it Super 8. I never <laughs> no. even seen that movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> Ocean's 8 yes. that just came out with uh, Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett. And, and a whole bunch of other them. awesome people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're going to talk about that movie. But uh, I want to go into some of the ones that I've seen. And uh, because Guardians is one of the biggest that came out recently. I was kind of thinking about the theme of, like, lovable criminals. And it seems like most of the time that's kind of like, to me, is seems to be the challenge of making a nice movie. Because you need to make these people likable. And, um, like, you're rooting for the bad guys, essentially. Right. So there needs to be some kind of, like, challenge that's a part of it that is, you know, worthy of the story that's taking place. So, um, Guardians to me is a good example of that because they're, like, everybody kind of wants something and, you know, whether it's revenge or, um, it, it turns out one of the big motivators is that all of these people have lost something and so, you know, in the end it seems like they're this family and so that's a really cool, you know, it's a very touching story even though it's about... A, a murderous raccoon and <laughs> and I think they tend to do that a lot too they tend to by the end of the movie if they aren't already all friends mm-hmm. they tend to be friends or family-ish by the end of it right um, yeah that's a big it's a big theme uh, you get that in a lot of the uh, Fast and Furious movies too that's one I hadn't I had, had on the list but very it seems like after five that was like a big like, they said the word family at least 12 times in each movie. Um, and I think that's the that's one of the um, kind of, like, challenges of doing that is to make it seem, like, organic. Right. And because you can kind of, like, a lot of people go see this, the, the Fast and Furious movies because of the stunts in them and stuff. But that became, like, a joke after those movies because it was, like, we get that you're a family. Like, stop saying it. Um, uh, you saw... And th- another thing that I think you get in Ocean's Eleven and in, like, The Italian Job is kind of like this... The glamorization of a certain lifestyle. Yeah. So you have the underdog Definitely. who is, like, you know, kind of down and out. And then, you know, in The Italian Job, it seems like cars are really glamorized, at least in the new one. Um, but... Uh, you know, a lot of it is is setting up this like sleek and stylish thing that is also incorporated in like the directing style. Like it's a very fast paced type of thing, and and you're moving all over the place, and it's keeping this tension going. So yeah, definitely um, a, a crazy pace. Mm-hmm. Definitely a glamorous lifestyle. So it's either um, in the Ocean's Eleven case, it's the casino sort of life. Right. Las Vegas is like another character right. in the movie. Or mostly uh, art or jewel thieves in general. Mm. Moving on, we, we get kind of more um, like comedies based around the heist idea. Um, 
Pink Panther is a big one that we <laughs> we watched a lot of those growing up, and um, you know I, they're just hilarious movies, um, very bizarre <laughs> movies. What's the one we always watch? There's only one that we really watch all the time. I think maybe Return of the Pink Panther. Is it Return or Son of? I think it's Return of the Pink Panther. Yeah, I think I think Return was. That's the best one. Yeah. <laughs> watch that. One. Um, but like, yeah, it's just really madcap. He he has a. A butler that like tries to kill him, and like he's just like doing racial slurs at him all the time. It's terrible. And, and like, and, but it's just so, such a and like the lieutenant that's in charge of him also hates him and wants to kill him. Um, so it's a really they're really funny movies. Ant Man is one that um, I think recently in the comics they had kind of introduced um, within the past 10, 20 years they had introduced the version of Ant Man. That was a criminal, and so they used that as inspiration for the new one. They had Hank Pym, who was the kind of like golden age inventor mm-hmm. character, and then Scott Lang is a um, you know a down in, on his luck you know criminal who's trying to do the right thing, and lo and behold, what happens to be the right thing is to team up with the superhero Ant Man and steal back his technology from the bad guys. Uh, so it's it that's a fun movie. I'm looking forward to the oh, Ant yeah, Man and the Wasp. Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp looks really good. Um, and it, that that's a very specific type of comedy that comes from that because you have that conceit of shrinking and and yeah. and making stuff huge. Um, and so that keeps that fun uh, throughout those movies. Um, you really like Sneakers. I love it's like Sneakers. Like one of your favorite movies. It's uh, hilarious. Ex- and explain very to clever. the audience the glamour. That's another one with an all-star cast. They tend to do that, um, I think. Right, yeah. Ensemble, big star-studded casts are big. Because you need a lot of moving parts for a heist. So they try to keep all the parts important, and they're all played by fantastic people. Sneakers is another one that's like Robert Redford and Dan Aykroyd and Sidney Poitier and River Phoenix and I know I'm forgetting other people. (laughs) Anyway, um, it's a good thriller, but also very funny in parts. And a very neat puzzle to figure out. I like that they that they have it more puzzly in that one than most. Like you're saying, most are very action oriented and they're very mm-hmm. fast paced. This one has different moments where they're trying to figure out what's going on as well. Mm-hmm. So you you're trying to figure out wait what's the actual mystery here too. Mm-hmm. So it's all around fun movie. Yeah. And everyone should watch it. Okay. Um, and you also are a big fan of leverage. Which I love is, leverage. That that's that's the that's best. a little kookier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a. I don't know if it's on USA or where I think it originally it was. On um, USA. Yeah, and it, it flipped back and forth. Like it was on regular television and then went to a cable station and came back. Uh huh. Because there's only so much of it that's actually syndicated. Right. But you can get all of it on Netflix. So right. watch it on Netflix. Just binge it. It's great. Yeah, but I I like that show because there are the different tropes of like this is person is the muscle and this person is the like gymnast and this person is, is the, the hacker the hacker um so you get all of those like but you, tropes but the tropes work in heist movies because you actually need someone who is good at that position you know right, in right. specific positions for yeah, a specific so, job but i i i think if you like heist movies and you um haven't heard of this series this would be something to see uh, but it also, you know, it has really good character development, and you really do like fall in love with the characters 
almost immediately from watching an episode. Um, that another silly one is uh, and we we saw this within the past year. Um, it's one called Bandits, um, which I thought of during Ocean's Eight because Kate Blanchett was in Ocean's Eight, uh, but she is this like frustrated housewife, and uh, she runs into this guy that just jumped out of prison who is played by Bruce Willis and he's meeting up with uh, his partner and all of a sudden uh, who's played by uh, Billy Bob Thornton and all of a sudden he's dragging along this uh, housewife with him and they all decide to start robbing stuff together um, and then there's this love triangle but it's a very like you know it's it's in that I've, I've kind of heard a reference like after Pulp Fiction came out a lot of people were trying to make really hip um, offbeat crime like comedies mm-hmm. and some of them I think are really dark some of them are more lighthearted, like like this one is um, and, and this does have its dramatic moments like when there are betrayals it's really like yeah, the characters are really play it straight but there are like these are really quirky characters and like if you if you told somebody, hey, you know, there's this romantic uh, comedy slash heist movie with Kate Blanchett, Billy Bob Thornton, and Bruce Willis, they'd be like, "What? I think you're you're are you on something?" <laughs> because that didn't happen. Um, Do you consider things like um, Mission Impossible or? Red to be heist movies. Well, that's funny because one of the Mission Impossible's was on the list, and um, which one? Uh, I forget. I forget which one. I think it might have been the uh, fourth one. Um, because that—that's the funny thing is that it seems like for the first couple, it was very much more um, espionage. Because I think one of the distinctions about the the last couple movies in that series were that they were they're more like vigilantes mm-hmm. they're kind of like rather than be a recognized part of a government operation um, they're like kind of in this weird black ops territory um, and especially in the in the one that's coming out soon it seems like they're finally sending out people to track them down and like stop them from going rogue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like that's kind of part of the whole heist thing is that there kind of has to be some kind of authority figure that they're, you know, fighting against because you have spy things where they're doing like cloak and dagger type stuff. Right. But until you get that, like we have this mission and there are these people that could catch us. So spy movies is more of a outside motivation, like you've been ordered to do X thing, or mm-hmm. you know it's a big government thing, right. as opposed to heists are just, I really want that necklace. Right. So we're gonna go in there and get that necklace. Yeah, and and there's especially that... since a lot of Mission Impossible is like trying to prove themselves innocent or whatever. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's I, I I feel like the 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 genre has evolved to such that you're getting a lot more lighthearted ones and it's like um you know it's we have this setup for Ocean's 8 that is 
um, the fact that Danny Danny Ocean has died. I don't know if they ever they ever state how that was. I don't know if he I died at the end of Ocean's Thirteen. So so yeah. So I I just kind of forgot about it. Um, but I feel like that was kind of a tribute to the older one because I remember one of them I think dies at the end of the original or there's some there's some ending scene where they're in a funeral yeah that's because they, they hide the money in the guy's coffin right right and then it burns up right <laughs> he gets cremated so they're all just sitting very depressed in the funeral home right um so yeah so sorry if you haven't seen the original oh. the love and I just totally killed it for you but that's <laughs> It's right. totally worth watching because Frank Sinatra and all of them are right. fantastic. Well, I think what's funny about that is that the, I think because of that part in the movie, um, you the dramatic tension of the whole movie doesn't just disappear because you know that fact. Um, I feel like if if the point of the movie was that like uh, hard work is fleeting or like right. if there was some kind of nihilist bent to it, then that would be. A spoiler, but most but of it like, is a revenge. Part of it is, plot. yeah, it's it's right. So the, I think the thing is that once that happens, it's 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 a lighthearted enough thing that like, it's kind of funny and charming that they're all together, and it doesn't matter that, the money right burned up. Like you, you, you pay to see these guys come together and do this, you know, thing, and you know you you like these characters enough that that doesn't figure into it um but in the, in this one uh it's um sandra bullock and uh she just gets out of prison um and so at first you know you got the whole the whole idea of her you know being having been a criminal and being you know related to danny so it, it's in it it's in her blood and she you know she's it's in very good acting from sandra bullock you got like She's lying through her teeth to the parole board that, like, she's not going to, you know, um, give up this life at all. Um, and at first I thought it was going to be straight that, like, you know, this is just a complete, like, female power fantasy thing. Right. Where it's like, I'm going to steal all these really cool jewels and we're all going to get to wear fancy dresses. And um, I, I think for the most part it does allow for the fun of like they're stealing stuff from the Met Ball and uh or Met, Met Gala. And they all get to wear awesome dresses. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh But I do like that there's the added thing of somebody tricked her and that's why she's in prison. Yeah, so it is still also a revenge plot. Um to some extent. But what what's interesting about it and, and I'll I'll pass it to you and to what you thought about how it handled this. What was interesting about the reboot was that they kind of made the, um, they, they took the level of the heist to a higher level because the job within a job was winning back the Julia Roberts character. And so it was not just a heist, it was, can I, um, impress this, the girl that I lost to the guy that happens to own the casino? Um... And so I think in either one, you kind of get the different lip service paid to, like, this person is kind of obsessive and, like, there's kind of 
interesting character flaws that they have. But ultimately, it's just like, I lost my girlfriend. I'm going to get her back. He does get her back. Right. And in this one, I, I hate this guy. And we're going to make him pay. We're going to make him pay. And he, and does. he does pay. Yeah. So um, were there was there any times when you were kind of asking yourself, like, you know, is this going to... Um, like, is this going to reach another level, or was was it entertaining you enough that you didn't need it to be any deeper than it was? Um, yeah, I didn't expect it to be any deeper, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't go in, you know, looking for any prolific meaning or anything. I just mm-hmm. wanted a fun heist movie. Right. And I think it did that. It was definitely a fun heist movie. Um, I was looking for... The, the other twist mm-hmm. but I think they threw in twists I wasn't expecting right so for I don't know if you want me to do the spoilers <laughs> bits now but spoiler warning for those who haven't seen it um, when they brought Anne Hathaway's character in right and told her what was up I was not expecting that at all right I was expecting them to have another twist which is what the stealing the other jewels was mm-hmm so that I was expecting, but not bringing in Anne Hathaway's character at all, or that the insurance guy knew them and was cool with whatever they were doing. Oh, right, right. Which was also interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that the, I, I don't, I think deeper would be a, a different point that I'm, that I'm making is that the, it's, it, it has this awkward balance, I think, to walk where you want to root for Sandra Bullock to get revenge but when you, I think that George Clooney is allowed to be um, as kooky as he wants to be in the original movie um, because it's on the positive side. Like he's not, his revenge against this guy that he's, you know, trying to get at never goes above the level of like just funny gags. Like I know like there's one part where instead of a bunch of money, it's like, bags for an escort service or something mm-hmm. that are stuffed into these bags. So, like, it's all kind of um, sophomoric stuff that, like, you know, it's just fun to watch this movie where this guy uh, gets in over on somebody else and he uses his, you know, cleverness to do it. Um, but I think that the... Like, when the first scene in this where she meets the guy that did it, and she has, like, a shank and cuts off his, his button... button I'm like I'm wondering like how how real is this gonna get <laughs> and it it's it was interesting to me because I thought later on because Kate Blanchett's character takes her aside and says like um you know there are people who are trusting you here don't let them down just because you have this thing I thought that that was gonna be set up for a bigger takedown mm-hmm. of the guy and it, it kind of like dramatically it kind of let me down there where it wasn't as satisfying as I wanted it to be what did you want her to do to him no it's not that I wanted her to do something I the thing was that it the the big thing was just that he went to prison it wasn't like in the other thing where there are the different things where he gets uh, where Danny Ocean gets to embarrass the guy well so I thought I thought what Anne Hathaway did to him mm-hmm. fulfilled that. 
Right. Her embarrassing him, her, her treating him like an idiot. Uh-huh. Like, playing him for that whole bit, I thought, was satisfying enough. Because mm-hmm. that's really all she wanted. He, she got played by him. Sandra right. Bullock's character got played by him. Mm-hmm. And she just wanted him to get played back. It wasn't like, I need to make him look like an idiot in front of everybody. Right. We just need to know he's an idiot, and that's fine. And he gets to pay for what he... Because he, he also committed crimes with her. It's not like he wasn't also a criminal. He deserved... Uh-huh. She just wanted him to get what he deserved. Also, she had to go serve her time. He's going to go serve his. Yeah, no, I'm not... I'm not... I'm not... I'm not saying that the, the story element of him getting put in prison is a equal punishment. What I'm saying is that the filming of it was kind of... Like if you're if you're the one writing the story, I would have done something. Like, so you you get that they stole the one necklace, and then later on you find out that they stole more things. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of diffused by the fact that like they're just there in her refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Like if there had been a set piece or something that was more tied to their personal. And then, or some, just something that I, I wanted something else that was um, a little bit more dramatic there at the end that would have wrapped up what I thought was her character flaw that it would be uh, either, one of two things either like there's something where she she could have done something worse and she didn't or so, like there wasn't really the, the way that they wrapped it up to me wasn't as dramatic as I expected it to be um, based on the other movies and and kind of based on the different things that they had set up. Um, but what I liked about it and what I thought based on what I had seen, um, I was kind of iffy about was the chemistry between them. Because at first, the I, I thought that Sandra Bullock over here, her character was cool. And I thought that um, Kate Blanchett was really cool. But... I didn't really buy their friendship no. right away because it seemed like I, there was just something off about their chemistry, like the the fact that Kate Blanchett sometimes was kind of like a wet blanket who didn't trust her, and then at other times was just going along with it. It was kind of a strange thing to me that I wasn't getting, but then when they all came together, like I was in it, like the, the different other characters that get introduced, Rihanna was really good in it like very very understated in the way that like a millennial hacker yeah would be um and uh aquafina she was, <laughs> was awesome. really good it was really funny as the pickpocket uh mini kaling was really like charming and and cute um she was so cute yeah <laughs> uh so they all did it they all did a really good job and um i keep forgetting her name but i think it's sarah Patton. yeah um the uh the mom. woman from um American Horror Story and uh, American Crime Story. She was the, oh. the she was the lawyer for OJ or uh, no, she was the sorry prosecutor. Anyway, she was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the that they did a really good job of setting up female characters who had their specific roles and that you you know more or less instantly liked when you you know, discovered what their skills were and what their personalities were like. And uh, it kind of livened up the movie and 
they're they're definitely good. I'm not I'm not gonna say that like Sandra Bullock or Kate Blanchett they could sleepwalk through anything and be doing a good job, because like, but the I I think that the characters at times might have like their 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 dialogue might have been disconnected at some times, but their acting was, was really fantastic. Good. And and uh, like you said, uh, Kate Blanchett's uh, outfits were really cool. Yes, everybody's outfits were really cool. Um, that, and that, that was a big thing is that it's, um, as difficult as it is for a man to identify with what it's like for a woman to walk around in a really nice dress, they did a good job of making, you know, putting you in their shoes and their heels, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) walking around this really nice party. And they gave, they did a good job of not making it like, uh, you know, excessive in terms of like. It's not making these... It's not infantilizing these women. No, not at all. Like, they act like adults. <laughs> and they're very professional, and they know their jobs, and are very good at their jobs. Right. So that... that it, it was really a good, like, womanhood, you know, celebration movie. Right. Because um, I also liked, though... Because I was expecting... When you when you do this kind of thing, you can kind of take it to one or the two extremes. In that you can say... They're not going to take advantage of the fact that they're women mm-hmm. and just be like, well, we can just do this the way guys would do this. Or you could go the other extreme and have it be all about the fact that they're women. Right. And, um, and I mean, there were some cases where they were taking advantage of that, mm-hmm. but, but not to the extremes that I thought. Right. Like, they were good at what they did. They used to the fact that they were women. Mm-hmm. I think that they got away with some cons that a guy wouldn't be able to. Right. But, so they weren't afraid to adv- take advantage of that, but it wasn't to the extreme that you could have done. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't all about, we're going to seduce every guy, or, um, right. you know, dress like, you know, we're just here to look good or whatever. Mm-hmm. Although they all did look good. But like she said at the one part she, where she didn't want any men on the team because she wanted them all invisible. Mm-hmm. Because she knew every woman there would be eye candy and they would just assume that they were all there as eye candy and not think that they were doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So Right, there were very specific lines that called out. Like, I thought it was cute when she said, uh, this is for every eight-year-old girl once to be yeah, a criminal. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> it was a cute thing because it's not... It's It's... Playing it lighthearted. It's yeah. not, you know, being ham-fisted about, you know, doing some kind of Braveheart speech about oh, right. No, Like, she was just doing that to herself in, in the mirror, and it was a nice little moment. Um, and, like, I think they set up well enough that, you know, it's not like a desexualized character all of a sudden became sexualized for a specific moment, like... And Hathaway was sexualized throughout the, the whole, whole thing. movie. But she did that to herself. It wasn't necessarily right. anybody making her do that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that it was understandable for that character. Um, and uh, I don't know. Oh, I love um, mm-hmm. Helena Bottom Carter's character, too. <laughs> Which I love her anyway. Uh-huh. But she was just very funny and very quirky, like she always is. Right. Well, I, I, that was another interesting thing, too, because her character... At first, I was wondering, like, because I was expecting her to be quirky, and she was very, it seemed like she played, because in the movie, she's a failed 
or or a, like Feeling kind of a has been fashion designer. Um, fashion designer. So it's not like she's out on the street necessarily, but her latest fashion show isn't going well. And so I'm like waiting for her there to be jokes in the scene, the first scene. Um, and they're kind of it's kind of like it seemed like maybe they were trying to make you laugh at the fact that like they're trying to get her on their side. And so they're like kissing up to her a little bit. But that, that scene, that specific scene wasn't, like, laugh out loud funny. Right. But little by little, when you get to know her as a character, it does ingratiate you to her. And I think it's a, um, uh, to commend that actress because it's not like you you don't want her to necessarily... And I'll give this as a something that seems to be a through line between the Ocean's franchise movies. It, because I think Steven Soderbergh was the first director who uh, rebooted it and it seemed like he's very much when he does a comedy it's very different it's not like you know it's not like a Will Ferrell movie like they don't they're not cartoon characters right and so with this one it, it kept that where you know nobody's really doing shtick they're all very specific quirky characters who are performing their character in a certain way and so with her, she was very much like a, um, you know, an artist. And so if you could identify with somebody who like right away, like when she thought part of the scheme is to get her to design this dress. So they're trying to get her to calm down because even though she would be excited to work with these people, she's supposed to play, play it straight. And so that, that human moment of, I want to be, you know, excited because I haven't done this in a while. Um, you identify with that instead of somebody that's doing uh, like a cartoon character of a fashion, right? You know, person right. and and and. And I like how they like that. I thought it, it's true. It's not really like laugh out loud stick kind of comedy. It's more human moment kind of comedy. Right. Because they're outside the window. <clears throat> blowing bubbles and crap yeah. to keep her distracted so she doesn't right. get hyper. It's just adorable. But I think in a lesser comedy, they probably would have had the rule of threes where, like, they do three different really ridiculous things. Right. And it, it very much keeps it where, like, you're, you're focused on her as a character and what it feels like to be in this moment. Um, and that understated nature of it is is where what makes it kind of charming and, you know, the, what the kind of comedy that it is. Um, so I liked it a lot. I thought they did a good job. Yeah. I Is there anything else you want to say about it? Uh, as like, cause I feel like I, 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 I don't want to take any of the thunder from you as the woman that saw this movie, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, monopolize on the I, know, I just, thing. I, I think this is one of the few genres where women have kind of been treated fairly. Mm-hmm. Because a woman's not going to be in a heist movie unless she's good at whatever job you're giving her in the heist, right? Right. So you don't pick her. I mean, you might just pick her because she's beautiful, but then she also has to be able to play whatever part you're giving her to play. It's not Mm -hmm. just like, oh, we're going to throw a pretty chicken at this guy. Like, she has to know what she's doing for your particular thing. And they tend to use a lot of women as con artists Mm -hmm. because they know how to utilize whatever talents they have, you know? Right. So... That's part of what I liked about Leverage so much mm-hmm. is the female characters they had in that. Um, 
I mean, it's true they did have a lot of heist movies where the whole team is male, but it's not necessarily because they're male that they're in the... I don't mm-hmm. know how to, how to put that right. But anyway, uh, yeah, I like that she had a reason that it was an all-female team. It wasn't just, oh, we're going to make a girl's version of Ocean's Eleven. Uh-huh. It was, no, she has a reason that she's doing this heist and a reason why she's keeping an all-female team. Right. And, you know... They picked people that were really good to play mm. the parts. Both the actors and the, the characters were all very, like I said, professional, very good at what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty well done. And you're right, it wasn't like a really... I wouldn't call it that, that it wasn't any kind of fantasy stuff because any chick would kill to get to dress up like that and go mm-hmm. to the Met Ball and like... Be able to put one over on their ex-boyfriend and whatever. Like it was a lot of stuff that was satisfying for a mm-hmm. woman to see. Right. Um. But without being patronizing or, or you know, like they didn't dumb down anything. They didn't. Yeah, and I I think that's the benefit of when they include Anne Hathaway because you, um, could have gotten a uh, a uh, them just making fun of fashion. For the whole movie, right? And I, I think there's definitely things that you, that are right for comedy in that, and and you know you can, like the the materialism that comes with it, and different things like that, and they do go there, and they have, Anne Hathaway being kind of vapid, um, but the fact that she is, able to, be like you know sexually empowered and and have agency in the thing, and admit like she's like I'm real lonely and I want friends yeah <laughs> that's kind of like you know they're they're they took the opportunity not just to um make it a political statement about um you know a, a certain sector of the population and just right. completely make you know people that are wealthy into complete cartoon character villains um which would have been I think the lazy Thing that do. you could have done with it, um, they they just took the those things and they had each person like really Mindy Kaling didn't character didn't want to like you know become Anne Hathaway she just wanted to get away from her mother, her mother for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> so like they had those little things where it's no not, and, like, I, and I like how each individual wants... character had their own motivation for being part of it mm-hmm. it wasn't just oh let's get some money. Right. It was, I want money so I can do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, well, except for Sandra Bullock's character, who I think was just like, I want to be able to pull this off. Right. <laughs> but everybody else was like, I'm going to get this money and I'm going to go do this thing. Like, they each had a dream. Right. And they all got their dream at the, like, they showed what the dream was at the end, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's were wildly different things. Right. What, yeah. did, what did she do at the end? I don't remember now. What did who? Which um, Amita, whatever I can't think of her name. <laughs> She's talking about Aquafina. No, hers I remember. She had a yeah. bar. <laughs> the one that wanted to get away from her mother. Oh, um, what was her dream? Oh, what they showed her on the Tinder date. Because Tinder has explained to her. Oh right, in right. The movie. And so she's on the date with the guy. Um, yeah. That's right. So that I was forgot. a cute, cute thing. Um. So yeah, I, I thought it was well done. Um, 
it's definitely in 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 a world where reboots are kind of like a given. Yeah. It's nice to get ones that are actually good, um, and uh, you know, it's it's at least trying to do something different where like it's not just another casino. Right. It was like, a different we're getting plot. Different things. We're getting different, um, you know, characters. Um, there were a couple of female power fantasy trailers that showed with that one, but I can't remember what they are now. <laughs> I can't remember either. I'm gonna have to look them up. I don't know. <laughs> Do they tell you what trailers what with the movie? No, not. I don't know if there is a place that does that. Um, but uh, next week, so let me pull up our schedule. I'm pretty sure um, Incredibles two comes out soon. So that's probably pretty close on our list. Um, but uh, quick plug, since we're uh, looking both looking stuff up right now, <laughs> um, we're having a uh, streaming, uh, a live stream of the Arecibo Invitational. It's a, a RPG, live RPG event for Puerto Rican uh, disaster relief. And so um, is there one seat left? Yes. There's one seat left for the uh, event that's going to be at the 7th Dimension, Dimension Games in Jenkintown, PA. So if you're local and you want to go to bit.ly slash um, RPG for Puerto Rico and uh, rent that, that uh, seat for yourself and play the game with us, uh, it's Stranger Things meets uh, a tropical setting. Um, so you can, you can be there with us and, and participate, but if you can't make it out, um, you can also donate and, um, buy a seat on the Secret Council, and, uh, as you're watching live on, uh, Twitch, you can also be in our Discord and, um, vote on specific things. On what happens to the characters. Yes, to influence the game. Um, so that's going to be streaming live, and, uh... June 30th, 1 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. So uh, we hope you can watch. Um, if not, that you can. Um, uh, well, if you you can donate if you want to be in the game if you're local. If not, you can uh, be a part of it, influence it from the comfort of your home. Um, so yes, next week June 18th is going to be an episode that comes out about Incredibles 2. Woo! Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, we still have a gap on the 25th, do we? um, which I, we need to discuss, <laughs> we do. um, but then, uh, hopefully we're going to also do, uh, on July 2nd, an episode about Sicario 2, um, and we, we still need to watch Sicario 1, but, uh, me and Melissa are both fans of Taylor Sheridan movies, he's a writer that has risen to prominence over the past, a uh, couple years, he wrote, uh, Hell or High Water, um, which is another good heist movie, um, and, uh, uh, what was the other one, uh, well, Sicario, which, um, is getting a sequel, it's, uh, Benicio Del Toro as, uh, Mexican Batman, <laughs> kind of, so, <laughs> if you're into that, you can, uh, tune in for Why that. Why would episode. you not be into that? <laughs> um, and we were debating this actually. Our fandom of Benicio del Toro goes all the way back to the '90s, where oh, he yeah. kidnaps um, Alicia Silverstone in excess baggage, um, 
and he's a lovable criminal in that. Um, if you have not seen that movie, you totally need to look that up. Yes, yeah, no, that, that you need that in your life. It's right, Alicia Silverstone, right Benicio del Toro, Christopher Walken. Right. It's <laughs> as, as scary uncle. As number scary one. uncle number one. <laughs> yes, he's definitely um, scary uncle number one. So yeah, that that's been our heist episode. Um, she she stole our heart, I think is what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> um, and uh, be sure to write in um, any lovable heist things or or lovable criminal movies that you have at uh, unboxing story podcast at gmail dot com. Um, thanks for listening, and good night. Good night. Wait, we didn't pick from the hat. Oh, the hat. Don't don't go away yet. We have the random movie mini cast to pick our um, uh, to pick a movie from my cowboy hat that I got from my uncle. Uh, shout out Uncle Jordy. Um, and uh, if you want to listen to that, it's on our Patreon page at uh, Patreon.com/slash/ThinkOutsideTheBox. So now I'm gonna pick our next random movie. Oh, Willow. That's a nice one. I, I believe I put that in there. So, that's nice. Um, we were just talking about Warwick Davis. So I was trying to get my mom to remember who he was. <laughs> uh, and see whether she saw that movie. Um, but yeah, that's uh, an interesting The one. new mini-movie cast going up is going to be Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which I tortured John with this weekend. Yes. So, to uh, head over to the Patreon to listen to that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Have a good night.